All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to another bonus episode. Today we're going to be looking at a Super Bowl reaction to what we saw in Super Bowl 55, explaining what may have happened to cause that. And then the ultimate question, is Tom Brady the GOAT? And then we're going to talk about things we have coming up on the schedule for the podcast. So let's start with the Super Bowl. Everybody, Las Vegas, me and Thomas, pretty much everybody who's ever talked about football expected a close matchup, maybe a high-scoring game. What we saw was a dominant performance by the Bucks on offense and on defense and a Chiefs team that really just looked underprepared, distracted, other than Patrick Mahomes, and just otherwise not necessarily ready to be there. Um, we can talk a little bit about what contributed to them looking like that, what the Bucks may have been doing, and so on. So let's start with the Buccaneers on defense. What everyone was saying was if they can get pressure on Patrick Mahomes without having to bring an extra guy or an extra two guys, even though Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, is known for exotic blitzes, if they could get to Mahomes with four down linemen and drop seven in coverage, that gave him the best chance to slow down this high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense. Well, as it turned out, that was exactly what they were able to do. They were getting to Mahomes regularly. He was sacked three times, tied for the second most he's been sacked in a game this season. He was disrupted. He was rushed. He rarely had time in the pocket. So let's talk about what may have led to that. Well, first of all, the Buccaneers have a pretty good D line. But the Chiefs, as we pointed out in our Super Bowl breakdown bonus episode, had two very key offensive linemen out. This just goes to show those guys up front, not because I used to be one of them, but the five guys up front plus the tight end and a fullback and tailback, depending on the offense, they got to block and doesn't work if they're not blocking or they're not able to block. Doesn't matter if you have Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, Travis Kelsey at tight end. It doesn't matter if you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, even though he continuously did amazing things to get away from pressure and to be able to do things to get the ball off, he was not comfortable all night. He was running for his life, as they say, and this just really threw off their game. Also, to add to that problem was they weren't having a whole lot of success running the ball. When you're not having a lot of success running the ball, when you're one-dimensional, the defense, the linebackers in particular, they're not coming up on play action. They're not worried about that. They're not coming flying up the field, creating that extra space. All the things that the Chiefs and any football team want to do, it just wasn't happening. So let's talk about Patrick Mahomes for a second. There were several times he's running for his life, gets away from pressure, makes an insane throw, and it just gets dropped. Now, Tyreek Hill had a drop at the goal line. He had to jump up for it. He's in a crowd. 
But let's be honest, this football hit him in the face mask. If the ball hits you in the face mask and you're an NFL offensive lineman, I'm sorry, <laughs> not offensive lineman, that might happen to an offensive lineman. As a matter of fact, that happened to a Buccaneers offensive lineman when they try to get a little cute down in the end zone. When you're an all-pro wide receiver, you can't have a ball bounce off your face mask. That is just not going to be okay. You're not going to win the game with those types of messes. So it's just you can't have that. Travis Kelsey had a key drop or two, particularly in third ground, uh, third down situations. Again, he is reliable. He's a target. He's the quarterback's safety blanket. He's got to be able to go there and know that's going to happen. And when you start getting those drops, what could be a long drive stalls out. What could be a drive to at least let your defense rest stalls out and they're back on the field. And it was just, honestly, not the Chiefs' night on offense. Mahomes said they came out and they were on the wrong page. They weren't together. They weren't clicking, whatever words you want to use. I got to say, it was surprising. We literally haven't seen that. Not this season, not last season when they won the Super Bowl, and really not the year before. They have been an offensive juggernaut, and they just were missing. Um, could that be distractions? Could that be loss of focus? Could that be you know, being convinced you're the defending champ, so you just show up and you're going to get it done? You know, A couple times this season, the Chiefs started off slowly and had bad first halves and even bad third quarters, but were able to get it together and come back and win the game. And that's a great thing that great teams can do, but it can be also dangerous because you keep doing that and you start thinking, okay, it's going to be all right. We're going to click in. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit our stride and we're going to be fine. It's just going to happen. And you just keep expecting it. And then it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then in this situation, you get so far down, you're just, not going to be able to make that comeback. You get in a situation where you're having to throw the ball almost down every down, and it's just not conducive to win the game. You're not going to have a winning night playing that type of football. This was the only game all season Patrick Mahomes did not throw a touchdown and threw multiple interceptions. Again, so unlike him, so unlike this offense, Patrick Mahomes played his tail off. He had to be sore after this game. He had to be frustrated after this game. Good quarterback, didn't throw anybody under the bus, did what he was supposed to do, stood at that podium and, and took the slings and arrows. As a quarterback, you get too much credit sometimes and you get too much blame sometimes. And it wasn't that he was getting blamed, but he was getting the questions, the peppered questions, and it was having to answer, why weren't you ready? What was going on? Why couldn't you move the ball? What were with the miscues? And he just said, we weren't on the same page. He did all the things he could do to protect his teammates. And that's what a good leader does. He took it on his back. He said, hey, you know what? I'm going to use this not just to motivate me next season, but for the rest of my career. And that's what a great quarterback does. He doesn't get up there and he'd say, wow, they dropped the ball. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't block. He really just said, we weren't there. And basically did what a quarterback should do and said, it's my job to get us there. And I didn't have us there. And that's just the sign of a great quarterback and somebody who's dedicated to his team, dedicated to his craft and ready to lead. And that's going to pay off in the locker room this offseason training camp. 
he didn't throw anybody under the bus. No one's going to be mad at Patrick Mahomes coming into the next season going, man, you try to blame me for that. He took it. He went with it. He grew from it. And he's going to come ready back come ready back to play. And that's what you want from your quarterback. Speaking of what you want from your quarterback, Tom Brady, the sixth round, 199th pick, just won his seventh Super Bowl in 10 appearances, his fifth Super Bowl MVP. He was already the winningest quarterback in the regular season and the postseason. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And he honestly looked like a quarterback in control of the game. He was confident. He was comfortable. He took some shots, got right back up, played the game, was on target, was looking in the right areas, didn't put the ball in danger, and honestly made some throws that I would imagine a lot of people didn't know he still had in. That second touchdown to Grant was a play action, sucks the linebackers up, but he's throwing down the seam pretty good distance. Gronk's making an outside fake, breaking in. It's a good route. It's not the smallest window Tom Brady has ever had to fit the football into. But if he misses, if he throws that ball too, in, too far inside, it's going to get tipped. If he's late, it's going to get tipped or intercepted, maybe. If he throws it too far inside, he's going to get a tip from the linebacker, even getting sucked up. If he puts too much air under it because he doesn't have the arm strength anymore, that DB's catching up, knocking the ball down. None of that happened. He threw a strike that a 43-year-old dude shouldn't be able to do. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, I've never been a Patriots fan uh, because of that. I was not a, necessarily a Tom Brady fan. A friend of mine and I were talking about how once he got to Tampa Bay, I kind of maybe started to think maybe it's not Tom Brady I didn't like so much as a football player. Maybe it's the Patriots. Maybe it's Bill Belichick and the way he handles himself and handles that team and the media and all the nonsense that goes on with Hoodie. So, again, the question has been, is Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time? It's a really hard argument to say he isn't. Now, let's be clear. We're talking about best quarterback, not athlete, quarterback. We're going to talk about that in a second and what that distinction is. But what do you want from a quarterback? You want a leader. He's sending text messages to his teammates leading up to the game. We will find a way to win this game. We are going to win this game. We've got this. It's going to happen. Just the confidence that is contagious among his teammates and even early in the season when they struggled a little he still had that his teammates looked to him tom brady was still tom brady the leader the intangibles he has it then cool calm and and collected the guy doesn't get rattled he doesn't get confused again like i said he took some shots a little bit early in the game took a big hit, and got right back up. Again, this is a 43-year-old guy, but he's taking shots, getting back up, ready to roll. Threw some great balls, got the team in some great plays, 
and really was exactly what you want from a quarterback. And you can argue that seven championships, seven Super Bowls is the best ever. No one else is close to it. Ten appearances, no one else is close to it. A winner, okay? So most wins in the regular season, most wins in the postseason. I promise you the guys who may have more touchdown passes than him, which I don't believe anybody does have in the postseason, but maybe in the regular season, and yards, they would trade that for some of his Super Bowl championships. On top of that, five MVPs. Five MVPs. That's impressive. You, you can't argue with that. Are there a few tarnishing pieces to his career? I guess you could say that. Lost to the Giants twice. Lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. My Eagles, I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Fly, Eagles, fly. So I definitely enjoyed that one. But 7 out of 10, 70% of the time he's in the Super Bowl, he's winning it. You know, I'll be honest. I'm a Michael Jordan guy. Will always be. He's the best basketball player, the best athlete I've ever seen in my life. Six championships, six times to the finals, never lost, six MVP trophies. That's untouchable, other than somebody going and going 7-7-7, seven, seven, and seven, which hasn't happened yet. So, again, when we talk about a quarterback, a winner, a champion in the NFL, what we want, what an organization wants, what a fan base wants, Tom Brady, you have – Things, you know, again, the loss of the Giants, particularly the undefeated season. But let's be honest 21 total seasons, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins, two different teams, five MVPs. Nobody can touch it. Not a single person. Joe Montana, his hero, his the guy he was the biggest fan of growing up, went to Kansas City, conveniently, ironically, and led them to an AFC championship game but never to a Super Bowl championship after all his success in San Francisco with the 49ers. It's just unmatched. Now, I said the best quarterback and not necessarily the best athlete. So it's really funny if you watch ESPN's 30 for 30 on Tom Brady, I think it's called the Brady Six, he makes a comment about all the things that were pointed out negatively about him at the Combine. That, you know, with his shirt off, he didn't look like a football player. He was called skinny, you know, unathletic. Uh, I think even one scout talked about how he had knobs on top of both his shoulders and how it was just awkward looking. He did not look like a top-notch professional athlete. But the best part of that documentary is when Brady says, yeah, my 40 time was a 5.38. My vertical leap was 24 and some change. The great thing about it is none of those things have anything to do with playing quarterback. And I really think that's what makes it so hard to predict great quarterbacks. You know, a great wide receiver, he's fast. He can change directions. He's got good hands. He's athletic. He's strong. But again, there's always that guy who can just get open, who doesn't have the fastest 40 who, you know, there was legendarily Jerry Rice ran a 4-7, something in that area. I think you could probably make the argument he's the best wide receiver of all time with Randy Moss and others making comparisons. But he was one of the best ever 
but not the fastest. So again, when you look at the combine, when you look at the draft, think about all of the quote-unquote busts that were quarterbacks. First of all, I want to stop right there. In my personal opinion, if you were a good enough football player to get drafted, number one, but also first round, first overall pick, you're a good football player. You may have not had the success in the NFL, but you're a pretty doggone good football player. So I hate to use that word, bust, but it is used commonly. And it happens. GMs, scouts, coaches, fans fall in love with the big arm. That's happened to me. The, the athletic guy, the look, the swagger, and it's like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy's going to be it. But can he get it done down in the fourth quarter? Guys hanging on his legs, pockets cloudy, things are out of control. Is he calm? Can he make the throw? Is he accurate? Can he dissect the defense? Can he figure out what's going on? Are they going to be able to trick him? Defenses in the NFL spend the entire week and really more than a week getting ready for a quarterback. How are we going to hide our coverage, our blitzes, change it up from what we've been doing to get them to make a mistake? And that's hard to predict when you interview somebody, when you see them run a 40, when you see them throw on air, even when you see them play at the college level. You can be a quarterback at a great program with great athletes at wide receiver, running back, and offensive line, and so you've got the best guys out there. You have a skill advantage. But when you get to the NFL, that skill advantage is leveled off for the most part. You don't have a clearly dominant wide receiver. You don't have a clearly dominant running back or offensive lineman that's going to give you this clear advantage. So while a college quarterback is going to be able to take advantage of that, and the pros, that's going to get much smaller. Plus accuracy. The window, you got to fit it in to get a completion on time, predicting it, or hitting on the money, is so much smaller. The margin for error is so much smaller. A pass you can get away with in college that's a completion won't happen at the NFL level. Just like a pass you can get away with at the high school level, you can't get away with at the college level. It's an increase in skill, and it's just going to have a different impact. And so to me, that's why a guy, Tom Brady, the best quarterback that we've ever seen, went in the sixth round at the 199th pick. In Michigan, his senior year, Drew Henson and he are platooning. He's playing the first quarter, Henson's playing the second quarter, and then Lloyd Carr is deciding who to play in the second half. This is a guy who's going to go on as the best quarterback ever, Hall of Fame, no doubter, best ever. His senior year, he can't even get to start all four quarters. It's just amazing. And there were times in that season when they realized we got to put him in. We need Tom. He's going to lead us down the field. It's the most important part of the game. He's our guy. And that's what makes him different. That's what makes the truly great ones different. Even a Peyton Manning who looked a little bit more of the part, bigger, stronger, you know, 
bloodline, being a son of an NFL quarterback, all of those things, his arm strength wasn't always thought of highly, but he was obviously thought more highly going in early in the first round. But what made him great was his preparation, his ability to recognize a defense and to stay calm no matter what and to not be tricked. And that's really what it comes down to. Can you dissect what's happening and in enough time figure it out, get the ball out on time accurately in that small window and not miss, especially when everything's ramped up? It's the fourth quarter. You're down. They're blitzing. No timeouts. You're on the road. Everybody's screaming. Can you get it done in those worst conditions? The great ones obviously can. And Tom Brady just proved to us he can. So who knows? You know, he has talked about playing to being 45 or plus, which we all laughed at a couple years ago. He's 43. Looked like he was doing just fine. Had a great game. So here we go. The only thing that slowed Tom Brady down recently was that Tampa Sun on the boat out in the water. We've all been there. Tom says he had a little bit of a... Uh, avocado tequila which i don't even know what that is but apparently you know it got him a little bit but hey you just won your seventh championship your fifth mvb trophy although speaking of trophies let's not throw the super bowl trophy tom you're great but let's not do that man come on that made everybody nervous so is tom brady the greatest quarterback of all time i think we got to say so is he the best athlete maybe not probably not i think he would even tell you not he's a great competitor so he may not say that out loud, but he knows that. But as he said, being a great athlete doesn't equal being a great quarterback. And he just proved that and has been proving it for 20 of 21 years and seven Super Bowl championships. All right. Looking forward to what's going on with the slightly above average football podcast. We got some great shows coming up. We're going to be talking to Andy Boyd. Uh, former USC tight end Bryson Summers is on that same episode. We had so much fun talking. We made that a two-part episode with uh, Andy and Bryson, who's a coach over at Airport High School, played at PC. So we had some great stuff there, behind-the-scenes stuff with Andy about his time at Carolina under Coach Holtz and Coach Steve Spurrier. After that, we've got Raphael Little from T.L. Hanna High School, who went on to play Kentucky and uh, in the NFL a little bit, and CFL. Great conversation there. Next, Savelle Newton, former Gamecock athlete. He played it all, as all Gamecock fans know. Wide receiver, quarterback, running back, a little bit of DB, punt return. He did everything. Savelle's doing some awesome stuff now with mental health <coughs> and helping people to grow. So we want to talk to him, hear about him as a player, his time with Lou Holtz, his time with Steve Spurrier, his career, what it was like making the jump from high school to college to play quarterback and how those differences came to play, playing all the different positions, all of the frustration that probably came along with that. And then next we have Perry Orth, former USC quarterback, um, working with quarterbacks. I believe it's called QB1 is his um, private group. And then also he's at AC Floor High School helping out there. Um, they just won a state championship. So we got some great guests and episode coming up. Keep up with us subscribe rate review also you can follow us on twitter and instagram at it's at s a a football fan at s a a football fan follow us on twitter follow us on instagram 
Also, we have our new Facebook page, the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast. You can see a list of our shows. You can find our link. You can see a video I made about quarterback, excuse me, plays you were going to see in the Super Bowl. And you'll also see for future breakdowns of other plays and concepts and game plans and things of that nature. So keep up with all that. The Slightly Above Average Football Podcast Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at, at SAA Football Fan. And keep up with us. We got some great stuff coming up. Everyone have a great one. We'll see you soon. 